Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? I was a human chocolate fountain yesterday. Oh. If it smelled like icing, it would have been delicious looking. You know, right. you, you know when you look in the bowl and you're like, man, if this was just a moose... Yeah, then it would have been fine, honey. What if we just skimp on the water on the on the uh, on the ice sculpture and get this Zabrowski chocolate fountain? I think we're yeah, gonna yeah. order. Zabrowski- I would be the the chocolate fountain at Henry Lee Lucas is an oddest tools wedding. <laughs> all right it's time for part two henry lee lucas um this is going to be amazing this one is uh particularly brutal i just want everybody to again let's get back to the mind space of henry lee lucas's world okay because i did over the last couple days comic-con right the smells Mm. of comic-con unwashed superwoman suits men jammed (laughs) into pikachu outfits that have been in the back of fucking sun-drenched pickups for days and days right Imagine, have you ever been on a long car trip, right, um, and you're and it's hot in there, and it's you with maybe a bunch of buddies, and you mm-hmm. guys are just chain-smoking and, like, drinking road sodas mm-hmm. and listening to a lot of Kansas on the radio? Yeah, playing the game Who Can Fart More? Yeah, and yeah. then you will leave the car for a little bit, maybe all to go take your horrible road shits, right? Mm-hmm. And then you come back into the car and you smell the sea. <laughs> Henry Lee Lucas. That's what he smells like. Yes. The, a, a road trip seat. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> well, so I have a quote here from Stella. Okay. Uh, Henry Lee Lucas's almost first wife. I just wanted to read this really bad. Yeah. yeah. And remember that Stella was the woman that his mother ran off after within, I think, the first like 30 minutes of meeting her. Right. And this is where they got into the fight in the, in, in the bar. Right? Yeah. The yeah. fight in the bar that led to Henry Lee Lucas murdering his mother. Okay. And it's a good view into Henry Lee Lucas as a man. When Henry was drunk, he got as mean as mean can be. He drank Jack Daniels like it was water in the desert. That night, the old girl really upset me. I threatened to break off the marriage, and I walked off and went home. He truly hated his mom, and what she got, she fucking deserved. I love how intelligent this person is. They're like, come up with an analogy for how mean he was. As mean can be. (laughs) How how mean is mean? 
Well, give him a 10 out of 10 in the mean scale. <laughs> Super mean. Means out of mean. <laughs> like well, a she, Wolverine or something like that? No, mean. Well, she gave a good one like, thirsty as mine in the desert were whiskey. <laughs> You're right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so she has some grasp of simile. Yes, you could also see how she reminded him of his mother. And isn't every man <laughs> just searching to be back with his mother? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Eventually. Uh, and this was Henry Lee Lucas describing the killing of his mother. Because I wanted to – I realized this because – the more you hear Henry Lee Lucas talk, you get to see sort of his rhythm. It's like Manson, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. This case is fucking uh, – is a mystery. With, with Marcus and I have discovered, when you get into the psychology of Henry Lee Lucas, it's bigger than DeSalvo's lies. It's bigger than John Wayne Gacy's lies. It's fucking – very interesting and can all just boil down to Henry Lee Lucas being retarded and not knowing what he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. Retarded with brain damage, severe yeah. brain damage from many, many different head injuries. And Goon don't brain. forget about the cadmium and lead poisoning he suffered as a child. Absolutely. Yeah. And then not eating a hot meal until he was in prison. And the, <laughs> right. uh, but you know, know he, never being touched by his mother. Yeah. He was also getting positive validation for the first time in his life. Ironically, it was from detectives after he admitted to murders that he didn't actually uh, commit. That's very true. He was actually just getting encouraged to lie. Mm -hmm. Alright, so here's his description of killing his mother. (laughs) I've gone back to where she was staying to calm her down. She done picked up the broom handle and spanked me with it. I guess it was about 12 o'clock that night when she finally made me so mad that I hit her. I hit her. All I remember was slapping her alongside the neck. But after I did that, I saw her start to fall, and I was like, "Wibbity what? Wibbity what?" And I went to grab her, you know. But she fell to the floor, and when I went to go pick her up, I done realized she was dead. Oh, and man. I noticed I had a knife in my hand, and and she had been cut, and it was like yada yada yada, like that Seinfeld episode. You <laughs> seen remember. it? Yeah. Them Jews, them city Jews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got scared and turned out the lights and went outside and drove back to Virginia. I only stayed there one day, and I started to worry about my mother because mm. I stabbed her in the fucking neck. Oh, times. right. Yeah, that's the reason to worry. Yeah. I only stayed there one day, and was wondering if she had been found. I left Virginia and started back to Tecumseh to get myself up. I was picked up by the police in Toledo, Ohio, and later returned to Tecumseh. It was a terrible thing to do, and I know that I have lost the respect of my family and people who know me, but it was one of those things, you know? I just think... It had to happen. <laughs> this is what lost the respect of his family and the peers of the society. But then this book goes on. It's a really interesting book called Serial Killers Up Close and Personal by Christopher Barry D. Uh, and the, the he's it's very interesting because he said, like, apparently, actually, he gained respect from his family because they all hated the bitch so much. <laughs> right, right, right. Up Close and Personal makes it sound like they're about to do, like, a glamour cover shot. Yes, like, it's weird how the beginning um, yeah, it's up yeah. close and it's like, yeah, serial killers. Maybe they're born with it. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer giving you a kissy face. Show oh. me your duck face, Jeffrey. <laughs> he pulls it out hey, of people. What about them? the face when, I, when I'm blowing them and then I all of a sudden I realize they can't come because they're dead? <laughs> oh, oh. Go water the brats, Jeffrey. <laughs> so they're actually, well, you know, talking about how his family uh, was fine with him murdering his mother. Uh, what they would do is they would wait until they were sick of him when they didn't want to deal with his weird drifter personality anymore. And then they would trot out the murder of his mother. Ah. Say like, well, you murdered Viola. And I just don't think that's right. So I think you need to move on. Henry. So this would be like an argument over like, do you want chicken or steak for dinner? And he's like, I want steak. And be like, I prefer chicken. But I would really like steak. You murdered Viola. <laughs> so I think we'll be having what I want for dinner. What's really also interesting about Henry Lucas's life, as we're going to see during this time period, he has maybe 
maybe 40 half-brothers and half-sisters. Oh, yeah. He's always showing up at another half-brother, half-sister's house, mm-hmm. which I think is just only – it only is that special – you know, the, the special progeny of a legless drunk and his 50-year-old <laughs> prostitute wife in a shack. You know what I mean? Right. The son of a prostitute has a lot of half-siblings. Oh, my God, yes. So the last we left Henry Lee Lucas, he was just getting out of prison for killing his mother, uh, did not stay out of prison long, 1971, back in prison for trying to pick up a teenager in his car. He told her that her boyfriend was mad at her Mm. and that he had sent Henry to pick her up. So he could he, take that's her That's exactly back. what you do. If I was mad at my girlfriend, right. I would also send Henry Lee Lucas to go pick her up. I'm so <laughs> mad at you right now. I'm sending a one-eyed lunatic to pick you up. <laughs> and guess what? The only thing that's fueling him is like two saltines and about a bucket full of ripple. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's the new app. Find a drifter. Right. So Find when you drifter. need... <laughs> when you know what's funny is that you normally have to use the app because you just show up with a free sandwich on a plate with a string attached to it. You just pull it along and it ends up in the house. They're very easy going, these drifters. Yeah. The original Tinder, just a string and a sandwich. You know what's also interesting about this? I feel like this case is really important. The fact that you see him here sort of like trying to kidnap a girl. This is where there are kernels of truth in his many confessions. He really was a fucking predator. Yeah. He, you're going to see now he has molested many children. He was obviously a sexual deviant. It's, it has already been happening. He's already killed somebody. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's knowing that there's a future of murder is not that surprising. I just mm. think it maybe was not the 3,000 that he confessed to. Right. Yeah. Is yeah. it a little bit interesting that he killed the, the head of the snake first? A lot of times people kill women uh, who have mommy issues and they kind of skirt around the mommy issue, but he just went right for the source. I do believe that he killed his mother on accident. Right. Yeah. I don't think he meant to kill her. Uh, I think yeah, only in only way a drifter can accidentally stab his mother in the neck with a knife because it's <laughs> right. like, I was because my problem is I was doing the cross. I was doing the crossword, right? And I don't know any of these letters. No. Nope. And before I know it, my funny pen was just fucking slicing up the page. And I was like, this pen dry, Stella. And she's like, why you suck my long clit? And I'm just like, Stella, you're being appropriate. My mother's right. in the room. Yeah. <laughs> next thing I know, I'm stabbing my mother with my funky pen. <laughs> yeah. Don't play the don't play the uh, neck slap game with a knife in your hand. So Henry goes, uh, he goes away for four years for attempted kidnapping, plus a mm. parole violation for possessing a handgun. And upon his release in 1975, quickly paired up with a woman named Betty. And with his mother dead and in the ground, not there to stop him from marrying her, he managed to get her hitched by December 5th of that year. Wow. I'm going to say again, there's somebody for everybody. Yeah. Well- <laughs> Just keep looking. It's a big ocean out there. There's a lot of fish. All mm-hmm. right. All these serial killers just get, they get more tang than Henry and I combined. That's what I'm saying. Low standards. Oh, I see. They have very low standards. Oh, okay. That's how it's kind of like, you know, like dance like nobody's watching. It's fuck like you're a drifter. (laughs) (laughs) So not long after the marriage, the couple bought a used mobile home and set up in lot C3 at Benjamin's Trailer Park in Port Deposit, Maryland. And a lot of the information that I got uh, in this particular episode is from a book called Henry Lee Lucas by Dr. Joel Norris. And for some reason, Dr. Joel Norris just delights in... And pointing out that he knows which lot of which trailer park Henry Lee Lucas lived in. I got a honeymoon lot. 
That's a honeymoon <laughs> one, right? Because you know, because all the dried pools of semen around. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's always snowing on C3. <laughs> like, as a fellow researcher, I know that he probably spent a week and a half trying to find that detail. Right. And when he finally fucking found it, he used it, goddammit. Eureka. Yeah. Eureka. Yeah, you keep showing up, and it's like, ah, uh, ah, uh, yes. Hmm, mm, you can even smell their presence. It smells like, hmm, brute. Mmm, ass dribbles. I'm gonna say dribbles, the mixture of shit and sweat. Mm, and I yes. will say, hmm, park cooter. <laughs> That's what I smell. I smell park cooter. Yes. He was definitely here. It smells like a Zabrowski <laughs> chocolate fountain has been around. <laughs> so after they get to the trailer park, Henry tries some honest work with his cousin, a guy named Wade Kaiser. Hen- these the most inbred names. Uh, Wade yeah. Kaiser? Is it Kisser or Kaiser? It's Kaiser. It's Kaiser. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want me to do with her? That's my ninety-year-old aunt. I'll still get it. Get it. Ugh. I love it here in C3. We're always telling jokes, <laughs> most about like sexual harassment and sexual assault. You know assault. what? I heard we set, we set the state record for the most ant fucking in this area, <laughs> where right. it's like people come here to fuck their ants specifically. So, I mean, I put it up on the main the main unit up front where people sign in and people do the reservations because it's like a good Yelp review. <laughs> yep. So Henry, once he starts trying honest work, he found that he was particularly good at stripping down cars for scrap metal and collecting discarded junk from local garbage dumps. He was particularly good at that? Particularly good. As I said before, the greatest drifter that America has ever produced. That is the drifter's job. Collecting junk from garbage dumps and stripping down junked out cars. Stripping down junked out cars. It's like finding brass in old apartment buildings and having sex with 13-year-olds and saying stuff like, she could be 19 if you squint a little bit and if you you also know for a fact that she's 13 and you're lying about it. That's a good point. So eventually, he became adept at rebuilding and fixing the junked out cars. Which... He didn't want to be. No. Don't get me wrong. He did not want to be good at building cars. It just happened to be, it became a skill of his. Yeah. And in another great drifter move, he found that he could drive around the cars using his cousin's wrecker tags, thus avoiding any sort of registration with the local DMV. Am I wrong to assume he only ate apples using his Swiss Army knife? <laughs> And every once in a while, he gets a hold of some peanut butter, and it's a good day. <laughs> I just see a lot of like pools of spit always, and old boots, and him just like yeah. you know half and out and being stuff like, I don't know where I'm going, but I tell you what, we're not getting there. They're gonna know I'm there. That's right. <laughs> That's where you'll be. Unfortunately, the marriage was not to last. Oh, uh, for Henry and Betty separated after Betty accused Henry of molesting her daughters throughout the time that they were living together in Lot C3 at Benjamin's Trailer Park in Port Deposit, Maryland. Henry, I'm going over to C4. <laughs> I'm going to C4 where they don't allow molesting daughters specifically. <laughs> Because of the rules, they said that's a that's a daughter safe zone. Thank God I don't have a son, though. 
Because that's where the suns get molested. Oh, my. Not not a lot of safe lots there in the sea lot. So we're going to read another excerpt from Hand of Death by Max Call. You'll remember last episode we read about the penis pinching. Uh, And I found out a little bit more about Max Call. I read the afterword to his book. And, of course, as I said, it was a very Christian book. They keep mentioning Christ over and over again and, you know, Henry's redemption and all of that. Uh, And in his uh, afterword, the... Author, and this makes a lot of sense now, the author admits that in a past life, before he was saved, he learned his trade writing pornography for such, for oh. such publications as We, Club, Club Confidential, uh-huh. Hustler, Voila, Ooh. Vibrations, mm. and many more. Okay, uh-huh. so this the part of this man's redemption tale ends with him writing a book about Henry Lee Lucas <laughs> instead about, also, of writing about beautiful sexual acts between men and women yes. uh, that are and adults. And also him jumping right into his credits. Right, <laughs> He's yeah. ashamed of it, but he still wants to be like, but if you want to read some of my earlier work, you can check it out here in Butt Shit Magazine, where right. it's all about women with shit on their butts. Oh, man. Don't, don't get me going, Henry. <laughs> Mark Illustrated. Woo, absolutely. Oh. And Vagina Damp. Monthly. Oh my god! I always look at that that Skidmark centerfold. She is just—I mean, I've never actually seen their faces. It's just their Skidmark, but it is. Woo! They call their they call their centerfolds highway stars. <laughs> always at exit sixty nine. She loves nothing better than a bean burrito and a hot car seat. Take her for a road trip. Her oh. name's Schnarla. <laughs> Well, Schnarla, I remember her, August 1988, Skidmark Centerfold, Schnarla. Man, I wonder what she's up to. five inches long. I was beaten off. My gosh, it was one of, the, one of the better ones I've seen. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do, and the memories keep cycling, and I get emotional, and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy, and that is not sad. That is celebratory, so you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with 
horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. So this is from Hand of Death. This is Betty confronting Henry after discovering the molestation. Leaning forward, she hissed. You've been doing dirty sexual things to my little girl. She's only eight years old, but you couldn't leave her alone. No. He protested. I haven't touched her. Don't you lie to me. She yelled. You're no good. You've never been. You never will be. I haven't done anything to her. Henry growled. But I don't want you to use her to get rid of me. Right? I will leave. I will go. But don't ruin her life with such a lie. Think of her. It isn't a lie. She firmly stated, sapping her foot. And after you're gone, I'm going to tell everyone why you had to leave. Wow, let me just give it a round of applause. (laughs) White Trash Masterpiece Theater, (laughs) Drifter Masterpiece Theater. That was brilliant work, guys. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's Downton Abbey with fucking a lot of pop finger popping little girls. Yeah, like Down Syndrome (laughs) Abbey or something. (laughs) So this whole excerpt really does talk about, or it really does speak to Max Call's relationship with Henry Lee Lucas because Max Call wrote Hand of Death with Henry Lee Lucas, and this also speaks a lot to how people 
interacted with him because if you listen to this it is a and if you read before and after it it is a very sympathetic reading of it yeah. this guy he believes Henry Lee Lucas when Henry said I didn't molest no little girls I didn't do nothing I, I didn't I never did yes I did kill and rape many 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 women for right. the glory of Satan but I did not molest any little girls and Max Call takes him at his word because just like we saw in the Columbine episode with the girl who said yes it's a better story it's a redemptive story. They need the redemption. Absolutely. And yeah. it's just so, it's almost sort of validated what he did if he calls it like it was his job. It's like Richard Kuklinski, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, when you come with the, the Iceman, it's, we don't call him a serial killer because he got paid to do it. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. And this right here, this is the point, speaking of the hand of death, this is the point where the story diverges into two very different paths. There's the quote-unquote romantic version of the story. The movie version the is movie, what I call it. The yeah. fun movie version. Exactly, the fun movie version. That's where a ragtag group of vagabonds crisscross the country on a wild murder spree all in the name of Satan. Mm-hmm. And that is where that is going with the literal meaning of ragtag. Tag group, which is a, which means one fifty-year-old drifter, one thirteen-year-old child prostitute, and one six-foot-three homicidal gay man. Right. <laughs> and if it was made into a movie, uh, it would be very nice because then the very lesser-known cousin of Steve Buscemi, Gary Buscemi, could get some work as Henry Lee Lucas. <laughs> not, not a lot of people know about Gary Buscemi. <laughs> well, I mean, Henry Lee Lucas, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, was based on the life of Henry Lee Lucas. Okay. But the man that they got to play Henry Lee Lucas. Way too fucking gruff and handsome. He has a bit of a handsome, like, you know, his yeah. uh, Merle in uh, The Walking Dead. That was his most recent right, uh, okay. role. Uh, yeah. I if think- you haven't seen the movie, you should be watching the movie right now. It's Literally great. pause this podcast and watch that movie because but, it's absolutely yeah. incredible. It's bone chilling. And a- again, because even the guy who plays Henry is still kind of ugly. Yeah. The fact you yeah. even said handsome just shows your roots from <laughs> Texas. A rugged handsomeness. But he's not handsome. He's not really <laughs> right. handsome. But he's handsome according because Henry Lee Lucas had a sunken face, one eye that leaked green slime and, and smelled like the tip of a dick that had been inside a pair of old jeans for fucking nine years. Oh, yeah, just burning <laughs> up in there. Yep, absolutely. That is a pet peeve of mine, though, the attractive uh, serial killer. Make these people ugly. They're hideous yeah. creatures. I mean, the, when they got uh, Francis from Pee-wee's, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure to right. play John Wayne Gacy, perfect. That worked. Perfect. But Jeremy Renner to play no. uh, Jeffrey Dahmer? Nah. No. And uh, 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 Elijah Dahmer Woods. had a good body, though. Dahmer had a nice yeah, body. Dahmer did have a good stop. body. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, Dahmer wasn't the most unattractive guy. You could get a fairly uh, attractive actor to play Dahmer, I suppose, but not this fella. Mm-mm. I mean, make him look scary, for Christ's sake. He's horrified. Agreed. So there is the Hand of Death story, the one where they are hired by a uh, clandestine group based out of the Everglades to carry out contract killings in the name of Satan to destabilize governments. <laughs> <laughs> Also to release Orgon energy to bring Satan to Earth. Yes, uh, okay. yes. Many things. There's a lot of different plot points. And then there's the more likely story where a one-eyed hobo and his child bride, sometimes joined by her gigantic, terrifying gay uncle, aimlessly wander America, robbing gas stations and occasionally killing a woman to satisfy the hobo's sexual needs. Oh, also a- could be a movie. Could <laughs> be a <laughs> Netflix show. <laughs> I think it di- really packages as an Amazon thing, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the craziest thing is they're also driving in a big sheep 
dog? Yeah. What's you that? Add, you add one talking toaster to that, and I'm I'm sold. That's halfway down the street. Man. <laughs> Dumb and dumber. So the actual proof, proof uh, the actual truth is probably somewhere in between, closer to the drifter story. Yeah, I think so. Definitely closer. But we'll be telling these stories separately, starting with the more likely of the two in this episode. And the third episode is going to be devoted completely to the hand of death and the eventual confessions of Henry Lee Lucas. The two are very much intertwined. So after heading down with his cousin Wade, but regardless of which story we tell right now, this is where the drifting truly begins. This is when. <laughs> this it's is not when, Tokyo drifting. It's not the cool. <laughs> oh, it's last not. Furious no. drift. Vin Diesel is not involved here. No, 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 not, not at all. <laughs> this is like you know Michael Jordan going from North Carolina State to the Chicago Bulls. Three peat to seven peat drifting. That's what we're talking <laughs> about here. We're talking about gold ring drifting. We're talking about Link running around looking for that Zelda bitch. (laughs) Wow. So after heading down with his cousin Wade to a family reunion in West Virginia. What he liked to call a uh, singles mixer. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's just some of the humor you can find right here in Lot C3. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll fuck all my family. Mm -hmm. So they're coming back from West Virginia. They're going back up to uh, Maryland. Uh, It's Wade. And it's Henry. But this is also how he broke up with his wife. Is that they were literally, this is drifting. This is drifting to a T, right? Right. They're driving along the road. He was with Wade. He was just like, oh, I got to get away from this Betty. You know what? She's getting too clingy. And I can't really belong to anybody because I got to rape more people in the street. Mm, And Wade's just like, well, we'll just stuck here in traffic. And then Henry just started talking to a dude. On a um, truck next to him. Yeah, right. And he was literally like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going down south. And he was like, I come with you. And then the drifting begins. That's how easy it is. It's crazy. You just hop into a car with somebody else and all of a sudden you're drifting. Yeah, just <laughs> magnets. They just combine with each other. Yeah, huh? that's how easy it was, definitely. Yeah, the, the traffic was there was a bridge out and he just strikes up a conversation. The guy says, I'm growing to Shreveport. Henry says, all right, let's go. So they get to Shreveport. But if he went to that family reunion, it would have been like that movie, Sliding Doors. Oh, he went to the... what could have happened. <laughs> yeah. He went to the family reunion. This is on the, his way back. He'd uh-huh. already gotten all the family reunion juice out of his system at this point. So he's getting into, mm. he gets into this truck with this guy, and uh, they drive to Shreveport. They get to Shreveport, <laughs> and the guy tells him, all right, I need you to drive a stolen car to Los Angeles. But according to Wade... Henry told him that he got scared because, as Wade says, quote, he thought he was in the mafia or something, and he ran off. Oh, his new friend left him because he realized uh, Henry Lee Lucas was a lunatic? No, no, Henry Lee Lucas left because he thought oh. that his new friend was in the mafia. Oh, yeah, Henry Lee Lucas got scared. Because once you get in the mafia, well, you can't get out, you know what I'm saying? And the right. one thing that Henry Lee Lucas doesn't like is to be tied down. Because right. he can't, he was just like, that's an that's a invitation for life. You know, once you join the mafia. I want to be in the mafia. I don't really want to join the mafia because what if I have to eat a cannoli? I can't stand a cannoli cream. Mm, a little bit of a lactose intolerance situation. So the next place that Henry Lee Lucas shows up, and this is where we start seeing it's like, all right, he's going to pop up here. He's going to pop up there. Uh, so we're just now, it's that he's drifting around. The next place he shows up is Beckley, West Virginia. He's mm. working at a carpet outlet. And it's there 
that he shacked up with a woman known only as Rhonda Knuckles. Mm. Well, it's, it's, yeah, that's a good name. Now, you see, when you yeah. look up the word, the woman, Rhonda Knuckles, the first couple of images that come up are, um, hmm, <laughs> unflattering. Uh-huh. I would imagine um, if a, um, how can you put it, if the, if Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a, was a woman. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, literally just look exactly the same, exactly right. the same, but with no dick, with a pussy. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's Rhonda Knuckles. Yep. Rhonda, years later, would write a book called How I Survived Henry Lee Lucas, which is... It is, is 68 oh. pages long. Oh, it's that, not even a full book. It's a pamphlet. Even, <laughs> that's good. That's, though, a, that's a lot. And by the way, there are 22 women named Rhonda Knuckles living in America today. Oh, okay. Yeah, And, they, and they're doing that thing. They're doing that fun competition where they roll a big tractor tire over and over again down a field trying to win money for a new Pontiac Seville. My money's on Rhonda Knuckle, Knuckles number eight. She's just <laughs> great at it. And I loved Rhonda Knuckles number uh, 19, who was also in uh, Skidmark magazine. Uh, she was in Skidmark. Mark Center fold 1993, and I loved her work there. Ate a lot of Oreos. She said that her favorite hobbies were making skid marks and, and being around all the downtown boys. Oh, great. Oh, I love, yeah, Rhonda Knuckles. But it wasn't long before Henry again had to skip town amid more accusations of child molestation. The year was 1978. And Henry decided, as all drifters do, that it was time to try his luck down in Florida where he would meet his partner in crime, mm. Otis Elwood Tool. What now, is Otis it? Elwood Tool is arguably the scarier of the two. Arguably, yes. Let's listen yes. to a cop describe Otis Tool. Otis Tool was a huge, big homosexual man. He was very, very swishy, very gay, but he was also mean. He acted mean and he was tough. He would dress as a woman and then he'd get in a fight sometimes when they'd, in a bar when they'd make fun of him. And then, according to Henry's version of things, Otis would haul off and kill the guy. It was the first horse. <laughs> I think that's exactly what Dennis Rodman did to get kicked out of North Korea. He just got super drunk, put on a dress, and tried to kill a dude. Holy shit. Just walking through fucking Florida being like, y'all come and hit me now. Hit me now. Meanwhile, he's like breaking boards out of his own fucking face. Hate crime. Hate crime. Well, talk about, like, if Henry Lee Lucas came from a perfect serial killer fucking soup, here are the background of Otis Tool. Yeah, yeah. He was born the youngest of nine children in Jacksonville, Florida, on March 5th, 1947, to an abusive, alcoholic, and mentally ill mother who, just like Viola, also dressed Otis in girls' clothing and called him alternatively Susan or Becky. I mean, and at eight years old, Otis fell through a broken board on his front porch, uh, impaling his forehead on a nail that went three inches into the frontal lobe of his brain. <laughs> that injury, it is said, resulted in his suffering from grand mal epileptic seizures. And also, his mother, Sarah, was a Bible-thumping Baptist. I like how this book puts it. Otis had been born into a family that was totally inbred, schizophrenic, and psychopathic. His mother was a Bible-thumping Baptist who chanted verse at the top of a hat and had grown accustomed to her second husband passing young Otis around to his drinking cronies for sex. And at that form of abuse, it was not bad enough. The boy was bullied 24 hours a day by his elder brothers and sexually abused by his sisters. Well, with any luck, we'll take the nail out, Otis, and you'll be smarter. (laughs) 
You know, I was thinking is maybe you could just start hanging art on me and then I'll be like a, a museum, a walking museum that can fucking kill. <laughs> That's cool. Cool. That's really cool. That's great. Thank yeah. you so much. I'm really glad. It's like him in Williamsburg in 2012. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool, honest. Yeah. I mean, what I like about it is that it's legit and that it feels like it feels natural. It feels cool. It feels original. <laughs> yeah. You could be the first human museum that also goes and kills everyone who tries to come into it. <laughs> so, but despite his mother's horrible treatment of him, every time the artist returned to Jacksonville throughout his drift in life, he would visit his mother's grave and lie down on the dirt right beside the headstone because mm. he said the earth was warm. And, and his accent, I love his accent. He said, the earth was warm and sometimes I could feel her move. Rock he hard. was, he definitely spoke just like this. Yeah. And, and it's just like, we listen to him and Henry Lucas talk. So Henry Lucas says this stuff where he's like, you know, there, Otis, I got my, I got your picture up. In my cell, and I look at it every day. It's like, yeah, Henry, yeah. And I know where it is that we go. We're going to be together. Our souls are going to be together. And if we could just, we know what we did for the Dark Lord, and we just need to repent. <laughs> and it's very, wow. it's almost, it's sweet almost. Yeah. Yeah. It like, yeah. looks like Igor if Igor was fucking seven feet tall and 230 pounds. <laughs> Where did you find a dress? That's what I want to know. Oh, well, I mean, what were you telling me earlier, Henry, that his sisters kept dressing him in dresses until he eventually shot up to six foot three. Mm. And they know it's like, oh, he's a gigantic monster now. We can no longer do that. Yeah, and they didn't have Rainbow back in the day, like the the larger woman store in New York City or or Bells. You get one in Bells. There needs to be like LGBT SK, like lesbian, queer, bi, bi, transsexual, serial killer, um, you know, something like that. So he claimed that although his mother was the Bible thumper, his maternal grandmother was a Satanist who involved him in various Satanic rituals when he was growing up, including but not limited yeah. to mutilation and grave robbing to pu- to procure body parts for magic charms. Can we just say, like, if the devil is real and these people are serving him, like he is, he has, he's got some terrible, uh, you know, cronies. The yes. devil is just like, what do I have to do? I'm the Dark Lord, and all I get is a one-eyed moron and a tall transvestite. What am I supposed <laughs> to do? The next episode, but I was literally going to be thinking about like, if it's all true, if the hand of that is real and the satanic cult is real, is that they need to work on their recruiting. Yes. <laughs> because get some get some guys with training. Just get a ninja. Just like one ninja. <laughs> just somebody who could hold their breath underwater for like three minutes. Like just some anybody, sk- a G anybody. man. You know what I mean? Right. Just a guy who's just a guy with an IQ of, of 90. Right. It's <laughs> a dude with big old shoulders that can open doors without without uh, turning in a knob. Otis. Yeah, because Otis Tool and IQ is 75. Placing him in the mildly mentally retarded category, which yeah. is weird because he seems cool. He seems cool. It seems like he'd be fine. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, then he also had, yeah, he had the, the grand mal seizures, which was rough. Yeah. Right. And he was also sexually aroused by fire. Yeah. 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 And not only did he have the nail, but he also got hit in the head real hard with a rock when he was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like we do make some excuses for his actions. Yeah. yeah Every yeah, yeah. kid gets hit in the head with a rock. I got not, hit. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. I don't know if that immediately makes people aroused by fire. Not all the time, but sometimes. It's like, you know, when the remote control doesn't work and you could just slap it on the side and it'll work? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like the computer doesn't work, you kind of bump it a little bit and then it's fine. I mean, sometimes a little, that little pop on the head, 
all of a sudden you're a raging homicidal homosexual who loves the sight of flame. He literally comes his pants at the sight of flame. We yeah. all got our switches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. Old, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't into asparagus as a kid. Right. No, I love it. Yeah, you can't get enough of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Otis yeah, said that he felt that he knew he was a homosexual when he was 10. Oh, but he was having sex with men since he was five, though. So it's like weird. It's weird how that because you feel like he'd know then, but I guess it's more like boy rape, right? It's not yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like a I'm victim. Yeah, yeah. He's it's, a, it's a whole different thing between being raped by your father's like workmate and your own sexual awakening. Yeah, and how do you go back to work the next day with the guy who just did that with your son? The whole thing is, uh, it's Florida. I'm <laughs> yeah. just going to have to chalk this up mentally yeah. just just go, it's Florida. And specifically Tampa. mainland Florida, Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Like right. Jacksonville, Florida, okay. from what I hear, is the worst out of all of the Floridian towns. Well, I mean, it, I don't know. There are a lot of them. Yeah. Ocala's pretty fucking rough. Newport Richie's pretty fucking rough, which is the capital of the Ku Klux Klan. Um, there's a lot of terrible places in Florida. Yeah. The whole middle of it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, but Jacksonville yeah. is the center of the middle. It's the big middle. I see. If Otis I think was- Otis Tool is still special onto his own. You know what right. I mean? Like he would have been fine wherever. If he was in Ypsilanti, Michigan, he still would have been the same old Otis Tool. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. He's a special mix of DNA and just, ah. Fucked luck. I'm going to give 5% to Florida. I'm giving 5% at least. Granite. So he claimed that his first consensual homosexual relationship was with the neighbor boy. I think boy. just say gay. Homosexual? I just don't like the term. You don't like homosexual? Just say gay. It's just too much. <laughs> his first gay relationship with the neighborhood. Just relationship, man. Why do you have to fucking qualify it yeah, like What's that? wrong with you, Marcus? Oh, my Jesus God. I, I know. I'm not, an, I'm not being a very good ally right now. No, I'm you're sorry. not. The Supreme Court just weighed in, and they came in favor of Otis and Henry Lee Lucas. I still think that they would try to stop them from getting married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's like a little caveat. So Otis dropped out of school in the ninth grade, started visiting gay bars, and that's also when he started to become a male prostitute dressed in drag, said that he committed his first murder at the age of 14 when after being propositioned for sex by a traveling salesman, Tool ran over the salesman with his own car. God damn. Yeah. You know, yeah. I also find it interesting, because you know what's so funny too, is that Otis Tool is like what every conservative thinks that every gay man is. Right. They just assume, they just assume that they're all like this. Well, mm-hmm. and, and that's a big problem with the Henry Lee Lucas story, uh, because Henry Lee Lucas, he is famous among Christian circles, or at least he was in the 80s, for being a poster boy for reform. That he was the one of the worst serial killers to ever exist, but he found Jesus in prison. He Ugh. confessed to his crimes because Jesus told him to. Right. So the Christians welcomed him into their arms. Right. But they've also got this other guy. It's like, okay, well, who was he with? Like, who was the person that brought him into the hand of death? Oh, it was the six foot three homosexual that brought him in. Of right. course it was, because all homosexuals are six foot three gigantic raping machines that just kill anybody. I heard you that. You know what? Like, I no, just... no. And then we have to tell him, like, no, some of them aren't that fun. <laughs> right. Some of them, some some of them are them. pretty boring. Yeah. They're, they're lawyers, oftentimes. Yeah. Sometimes uh, they're just nasty waiters that don't bring you your food on time. I think what we have to do, we have to set up Henry Lee Lucas with Carla Fay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be perfect. Oh, that'd be great. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. 
All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly, you know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right, I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right, my job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. So we don't know much about Otis's life in the interim years between Teenage Male Prostitute and meeting Henry Lee Lucas. We do know that in 1974, he was the prime suspect in two different murders in Nebraska and Colorado yeah. during a particularly long drifting spree. But if you listen to them talk to each other and Honest Tool talk about their lives, they, they, they both said the same things that like. Because there's a lot of cooperation about how, like, how could they have murdered so many people if they were just driving by car and stuff like that. But apparently, Otis and Henry would also take planes. They would talk about how, like, sometimes they would just be so, like, they'd just be done with one town and they'd hear about work in some town and they would just pop on a plane and yeah. go in and out of town for days and then hop on a train and come on back. It's just like they had no way of tracking them. They had no lot. It, 
it seems kind of fun and cool. I feel so bad for the poor dude who got to sit in the middle of the three seater on the plane. We're just like, how was your flight, honey? Uh, it was real odd, baby. Um, there's a gay couple, and they were talking about like killing and raping a bunch of people. They kept on kissing right in front of me there, and they said they yeah, told anyone to murder each other's the holes where their teeth should be. They just kept being like, "Oh, you won't play the window game? You know I do, Henry. It's my favorite. It's it's called Snake in the Hole. <laughs> snake in the Hole." And they're like, <laughs> like licking each other's fucking gaps in their teeth. You know. Meanwhile, they're like peanuts. The flight attendant comes yeah, by. Yeah. <laughs> Beverage cart. I don't think I'll be taking Delta anymore. <laughs> so Henry or Otisville comes back to Jacksonville late in 1974 and met Henry Lee Lucas four years later at a soup kitchen where Otis would regularly cruise for gay and bisexual men to take back home. Oh, can you imagine just going to the fucking soup kitchen to get dick? Do we know that's that what you do? Is you go to right. all the places. You don't go to a bar. You don't go to like a dance club. You can go to the fucking homeless shelter just to go suck some dick. I'm not fully convinced that this isn't the name of a dance club. The soup, the soup kitchen. <laughs> Which is, that's got to be one of the hottest clubs around. And I feel like, yeah, it'd be one of those places that they call it the poop kitchen. Mm, hello. <laughs> make sure you bring your, make sure you bring your brownie spoon. That's and by right. brownie spoon, I mean your fucking cock mm. Oh, I was wondering what you meant. That's where that Zabrowski fountain, chocolate fountain would come in real handy. Absolutely. Right there in the corner. So, oh. Otis, <laughs> I just can't get this image of you out of my head. Just on all fours in the corner of a party. Just me on a platter with a bunch of strawberries around me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't eat the brown ones. <laughs> so, Otis immediately impressed with Henry. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Look yeah. at him. Invited Ooh. him to live with his mother, her husband, Otis's wife at the time, a woman named Novella, <laughs> Otis's 10-year-old nephew, Frank, Uh-oh. and Otis's 11-year-old niece, Frida Lorraine Powell, a.k.a. Becky. Hi, my what? name's Novella. It means a tiny book, which is funny <laughs> because I've never even held a book. <laughs> she must be smart, though. <laughs> oh, she's smart, all right, because she's named after a book. That's why I'm with her. I like a lady with class. Mm-hmm. Open her up. <laughs> they had a relationship because uh, uh, Otis and Novella had a – I just can't get through the name. <laughs> Otis and Novella would have a relationship where she knew that he would suck dick, say that he was bisexual, which is actually very f- forward-thinking, yeah. except for the fact that I just don't think that they probably had sex at all. Well, I think that Otis would every once in a while get a taste for women. Like every once in a while he would like because they would bring women in and Henry would fuck the woman and then Otis would fuck while Henry watched. Uh, but uh, Hey, Novella, I couldn't. Everybody I met at the soup kitchen tonight had two eyes. So I'm going to need you to open that crab hole and I'll just have to mm, make mm, some do with it. Mm, uh, 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 I'm going to vomit. I'm going to vomit in my mouth. Do not. I can't hear it anymore. So Becky, Powell, <laughs> Becky Powell is the girl that we've been uh, hinting at for a long time. She is nine or she is 11 years old oh, at this but point. According to Henry, she could be 19, which we know <laughs> yeah. for a fact cannot yeah. be true. Yeah. No, I think he just every girl could be 19 to Henry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Becky. So I've got another clip uh, from another Texas law enforcement uh, enforcement professional not known for their tact. 
Not necessarily. They can be yeah. a little gruff at times. This is but- a Texas law enforcement professional. <laughs> okay, good to know. Listen, anything I know about Texas law enforcement is that they are classy and they abide by the rules and they are very, they're sweet and cool. So this is the Texas law enforcement professional's opinion of Becky Powell. She was starved for attention. Becky was retarded. Her upbringing wasn't much better than Henry's. She was raised uh, by grandma. Her mama was crazy. If the two made for a bizarre looking... <laughs> I'm sorry. Literally had to do a spit take. I took a sip of iced coffee. <laughs> Becky was... Oh, my God. He was a... What a professional. What a pro. What a, what 11-year-old what isn't star for attention? She's 11. Why are they victim-blaming? I just got to say, I'm, I'm no offense to Becky whatsoever and to her memory, but she definitely was downy town. You know what I'm saying? She had a bit of the, re, the re-raw fever. You know oh what I'm saying? Because she had a... She was more slope than slap. You get me? <laughs> so the children uh, were in the care of Otis's mother because as the Texas law enforcement professional said, uh, Becky's own mother... Drusilla was incapable of taking care of them. Henry moved into Otis's room, pushing out Novella, who went to live with the neighbors. Oh my goodness! All right, so what a what a fun house that would be to walk into. Good lord, it would take you forever to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah, you would know everything is weird, but you would to to figure out the actual relationships would take months. (laughs) Straight up, it's just like it's just one of those things. I, I don't think I would even get out of the car if I was told to go visit this family. No. I think that we would pull up, like, let's say I was just, like, being like, ooh, an interview, like, what it's like getting into the junk business with a couple of new upstarts. Mm-hmm. And I pull up with my documentary crew, I see the whole gang, and I'll be like, this is really great, guys. No, we're going to come back with a bunch of release forms, you know. Drive, Gerald, <laughs> fucking drive the car. Get in the fucking van. Get the stuff in the van. You want to be a producer in this business or not? Go film them. <laughs> So the pair, Henry and Otis, became very fast friends and discovered that they both had a talent for the junk business. And that they is just what serendipity! It, it is. Is it? It's by definition a lack of talent, right? Yes. Oh no! Oh, you, you, have you, you not rubbage. seen? Have you not seen American Pickers, my friend? Yeah, but this right. totally. It's a drifter skill, Ben. Okay. That's what you don't understand. Right. right? That is a drifter set of skills. Yeah. But some but, of them are good at this. Some are good at scaling fences. Some of yeah. them are good at digging holes. Sure. And some of them are just like, there are some drifters with no talent. Think about that. <laughs> Isn't the talent, doesn't talent require you building something, not just like tearing something apart? Well, they did build something. They built a fence around their yard after the neighbors comp- complained about all the junk in the yard. I would love to see that <laughs> fence. Oh, no, did you guys not have a, a junk, like the, the junk house? We had a town? junk house, yeah. yeah there was a, we had a junk house, too. And, man, that was one of the most fun things we did when we were a kid, is that we'd sneak into the junkyard with the big fence around it until the woman brought out a gun and threatened that she would shoot us if we ever I'm went to the junkyard I'm also now going to just remind this to everybody. If someone has a fucking junkyard, if they, if they live out in front of a junkyard, they are Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool and the, yeah. and the Scooby Doo Gang, all in one. <laughs> right. So don't fucking go there. Don't, don't go there. Don't play with the fucking junk because no. they are there. And because if ha- those two men are there. If you have a heavy set friend who's always hitting home runs when you guys play baseball in the yard, always losing the ball in the junkyard, uh, uh, home, never go get it. The ball's go gone. Never go get it. And if you see a big junkyard and it happens to have a big roller coaster and two gigantic fat men hanging out. If you go in there, you might just find nothing but trouble. Trouble. (laughs)
<laughs> oh my goodness! I thought about that in a while. A roundtable reference. <laughs> so it's around this time that the junk business becomes a family business because they oh. start bringing little Frank and Becky along to tag along on junk trips. But I mean, and, Frank and Becky's also giving everybody blowies, right? So that's a that's their end of the business. Right? That's the, yeah, that's their the comfort business. Yes. And after the death of Otis's mother, the two decided to take the kids on their first drift, traveling oh, from Jackson. Oh, what a special moment! Yeah, that's so <laughs> sweet. Pictures with corsages and stuff. Yeah, I want to believe it's Becky's first drift, and she's only shown her pussy twice to two cops to get them to leave us alone. Yeah. This is just. A, a tear comes out of my one good eye, but also involuntarily out of my one bad eye. I want to see that Marcus Lamone guy from the TV show The Prophet. He goes and flips businesses just to talk to Henry and Otis about their business plan and see where they're making some big mistakes. Big mistakes. Yeah. And so they traveled on this first drift from Jacksonville through Houston to Tucson until the kids got homesick, so the Aww. gang hopped a freight train and were soon on their way back to Florida because those cars yeah. that they... Getting nowhere, spending someone's hard-earned pain. It's like them, they're thinking they're singing that, but it's them just going, right, 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 every town. Can you imagine all the rape? I can. <laughs> Thanks, Becky. <laughs> That was great. I love that traveling family band. <laughs> so they get back to Jacksonville, and by now, the trif- the drifting pattern is fully established, and the children were, as far as we know, completely on board and provided good cover for the criminal enterprise that was to come. One of, if mm. Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool are to be believed even a little bit, one of the most notorious crime sprees in American history. Right. Okay. And absolutely, and we're watching, like, literally, this is third wave crime free, crime phase. It started with them as kids. These, they're now, like, 40 years old. What is the total death count right now? I mean, they've all killed. Otis and Henry have both killed at this point, right? He's uh, killed right his now, mother. they've just been drifting. Yeah. If you believe Henry Lee Lucas, right. if you believe his confessions, at this point, Henry Lee Lucas has probably killed 30, 20, well, he definitely he confessed to two crimes as soon as he was released from jail the first time when he when he came when he right before he met Betty yeah. um, because he said when he was in jail originally that he was be- what well, we said the last time where he was begging to not be released because right, right. he was going to kill people so if you want to believe I think it's only like at this point yeah it's about thirty that he said he's killed and yeah. they have sort of been killing people loosely. Like as they went during this drifting period, but mostly it was robbery based, and then they killed them because they didn't want any witnesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the spring of 1979. Uh, A favorite target, and this is where, you know, in we have to say at this point, this is when shit really needs to be taken with a grain of salt because some of these have some truth to them. Some of these, you did have Henry Lee Lucas giving the police certain details on these crimes that only the killer would know. However, even that is kind of suspect. Because the thing is that he would go and he would make these confessions. We're going to go deeper into the confessions next episode. But he would make these confessions, and a lot of the times, they said the, the thing is that he would end up bringing them to some a shadow grave. They would go and they would dig it up and there'd be a body there. Yeah. And so there is some truth to it. It just may be not the specifics that he signed on to to clear all these cases down mm-hmm. the line, but he killed some people. Yeah. Because they're, 
because they definitely found like when he killed his mom, they found her glasses in the furnace that he said that he burned her in, even though then he recanted it later on. And they found they apparently found bones in the desert that we'll later attribute to spoiler alert, the death of the possible death of Becky, Mm -hmm. his his child bride later on down the line. Oh, yeah. So a favorite target of Toll and Lucas were broken down cars on the side of highways. And in what is actually a confirmed murder corroborated by witnesses who saw the same car the gang was driving in at the time, a 1971 Chevy Malibu. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, this, that car, people saw that car parked behind this woman who was murdered outside of Austin. This is what Henry once told an interviewer. I'd offer to look under the hood, but even if I've seen something wrong, I wouldn't fix it. I'd say, looks like this engine's had it, and offer to drive her over to a phone. But we'd never get to the phone. By the time she'd see the phone passing by, she knew she was a gunner. It, it, it was, I mean, it, it has to be an absolutely terrifying thing. And yes. back then, you know, you don't see it as much now, but when we were kids, shit, you'd see broken down cars on the side of the road all the time because right. cars would constantly be breaking down. They were kind of yeah. pieces of shit. Uh, so they're driving around. I mean, if you're driving constantly, you're going to see two, three broken down cars a day. If you're driving pretty much 24 hours a day and right. just stopping to sleep on the side of the road, maybe two, three hours a night, you're going to be coming along a lot of broken down cars. So this and that's young- why I only buy Chevy and I only <laughs> ride Malibus. <laughs> Chevy Malibu, when you're drifting, trying to find broken down Fords. (laughs) (laughs) So the young woman outside of Austin was found days later, completely nude with 35 stab wounds in the upper chest, neck, arms, and back. Lucas had made a long cut from her right wrist along the inside of her arm to a center point on her chest, and from there, straight through the center line of her body down to her pubic area, mimicking the dissection method one might use on a frog. Okay. Brood. And that also yeah. points to a satanic murder, they say, is that she was dissected and organs removed for her body for possible use in ritual. Yeah. Possible. I, I mean, don't even, are these guys even smart enough to do a satanic ritual? Don't you have to memorize lines and, and make pentagrams? And- no, these guys were doing the Igor thing. They yeah. were not. They were not doing the rituals. They were getting body parts. If we want, we'll get into hand to death next okay, episode. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They were. They were going and they were runners. Yeah. For for ingredients. Yeah. They were gophers. Yeah. Right. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So on Halloween of 1979, Lucas murdered a woman who, to this day, is known only as Orange Socks, due to that being the only piece of clothing left on her otherwise unidentified body. Now, yeah. the crime scene photos from Orange Socks. If you want to see some absolutely fucking brutal crime scene footage and just a heartbreaking fucking scene, uh, you can see this woman. Like sometimes you really see on uh, from crime scenes and from corpses mm. like sometimes it just looks like a body but other times you can see the terror frozen on that person's face right yes you, and you, this so, is it's horrifying I'm or, yeah orange socks orange this socks is, yeah. this is why cops are not creative i mean what are they gonna call it i don't know tangerine feet maybe come up with a different name other than the one that brick would come up uh with from anchorman <laughs> you're like brick what should we name her orange socks might as 
well just call her person hole. I mean, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Or you gotta it, just say something, all right? You can't. You just can't be like, oh, we called her pincushion because I thought it was fun. You know what I mean? Like you gotta call her fucking. You gotta give her something. Yeah, you can't. Be, you can't sucks. be creative. With, like they're not gonna give her a funny name, Ben. No, and if they did give her a funny name, it was private. They're not gonna tell the media they gave her a funny name. Just can't you just say Becky or Susie? You can't or, give him a name, Ben. I don't know. I just feel like there's a different name that could have been better and nicer than Orange Socks. That's the last thing you're known for your entire life. Who knows what this person did, and now she's known for some Orange Socks she bought at a CVS. <laughs> I have some details about her body from the book Serial Killers Up and, Up and Close. The body gave up a few clues, one of which indicated that she had venereal disease, which is insensitive. There were tiny insect bites <laughs> in her ankles, probably flea bites. Her stomach con- contents contained traces of a partially digested meal burgers, fries, and a Coke. Her teeth were almost perfect, so dental records might not even exist, and an x-ray showed no broken bones. On more intimate examination, a makeshift tampon made from toilet tissue was removed from her vagina, and that is all Boutwell had to go on. And this was Henry Lee Lucas's bit of confession about it. After I pulled over, I done choked her until she died. I texted her again, and I pulled her out of her car and dropped her down the culvert. He also mentioned that she wore some kind of sanitary, sanitary towel, which he called a Kotex. <laughs> well, that's the brand. I yeah, guess. it's like calling a, an adhesive strip a band aid. Back uh, then, Kotex was the only game in town. Oh, okay. I remember. Uh, <laughs> we're getting a, we're, we're, we've got a lot of plugs going on. <laughs> so, actually, Orange Socks is one of the very few murders that Henry Lee Lucas was actually tried and sentenced to death for. Oh, okay. So the next one, while there is evidence from a roofing company's worksheets that Lucas was working in Jacksonville from August 1st, 1979 till January 6th, 1980. And that evidence, of course, is that all the houses were slanted as if done by a person with one eye. (laughs) All the roofs were wrong. But... They, so that would say possibly that Henry Lee Lucas couldn't have committed the murder all the way across the country if he was working this roofing job. But some people say that maybe Otis Tool signed it for him. Maybe uh, he had another guy at the office sign his payroll sheets. Um, they were running like nine scams at once. So right. many That's the scams. thing, again, about hiring drifters. Great stories. Funny attitudes. <laughs> yep. Not exactly the best with paperwork. Because they just they just scam everybody. Yeah. He was running nine different things. You don't know where he was. He was flying back and forth on planes. Um, their games were insane. Like I, I was looking at this just this breakdown of like how they would pull people into cars and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you want me to jump into that? Sure. Hauling long distances, the bored and lonely drivers were unable to resist the temptation of a scantily dressed girl thumbing a ride. It became an all too familiar scenario. The hiss of air brakes, a cloud of dirt and dust, the throbbing engines of those big trucks. Oh, Hop up here, gal, they shout. This is Becky. Then as soon as the cab door was thrown open, the driver would find himself examining the dangerous end of a loaded pistol. A similar technique would be used with Becky dressing down for the killing to be done. On one occasion, their car overheated under the blistering Texas sun, so they stopped in Tyler County. Becky knocked on an elderly woman's door, asking for water to top up the radiator. The trusting lady cooked them all breakfast, and while Becky and Frank finished off their over-easy eggs, grits, and ham, the two men finished off their host with a brutal rape and two well-placed shots to her head. Well, that is no way to thank you. Uh, Somebody who just made your breakfast. In some cultures, you burp after a good meal. And then they just shot her twice. Good appetite. Good appetite. Well, you mentioned Tyler County, and this is the the amazing thing to me about about Henry Lee Lucas is that this Henry Lee Lucas operated a lot where I grew up. 
in the time that I was there. And yeah. in fact, my dad told me a story. He actually saw Henry Lee Lucas after he was captured. Because really? Henry Lee Lucas was making a one of his cross-country tours telling the cops, like, okay, this body's here, this body's there. Mm. Uh, and my dad was eating lunch in the diner that he ate at every day, a diner called Nubbins. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Okay, and, and we move on. It doesn't even matter. Just, it just done by a guy with no hands and feet. Right. Name Nubbins. Well, we have so mashed potatoes. in his teeth. Yeah. Everything is either mashed or burnt. It's Nubbins. I tell you what, Marcus, is that the diner's terrible, but what I like is the company. <laughs> Nubbins is the best laugh I've ever heard because it's just him gritted with a fucking spatula. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it's a very nice restaurant. I was too young to eat there. Uh, too young to eat there? Yeah, this is when I was like two or three. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, we were living yeah, in this. That was a 21 and over diner. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, this is when we were living in uh, Colorado City. Uh, and so he was coming through, and my dad said that he was sitting there eating lunch, and uh, just an entourage of cops come in, followed by Henry Lee Lucas. Jesus. And I asked him, I was like, did you get a good look at him? He's like, yeah, I looked at him, but I could not maintain eye contact. I couldn't. I couldn't look at him for long. He said he just fucking radiated pure evil. He said yeah. he still remembers the feeling that he had to this day. He said they ate their fucking, they finished their lunch as soon as they could and got the fuck out of there. But Mr. Pox, you haven't paid yet. Oh, <laughs> go He worked across the street. Nubbin knew where to find him. Mr. Pox. Nubbin's cart was already being used to haul apples and oranges back yeah. because he was doing cold pressed juices. He was trying a new health kick mm -hmm. for Nubbin. <laughs> yeah, well, God damn it. I'll walk on my knees over to where Mr. Pox works then. <laughs> so actually, he said that uh, Henry Lee Lucas, this must have been around the time that he was just sort of fucking with them because he had them dig up the middle of the highway. Like, you know, on a and two, nobody was found. No, nobody was found. He was just pointing at places. You're know, like, yeah, yeah, I think she was there. No, oh, no, maybe, maybe not. I think she's there. At some point, he, don't you just killed a lot of people? Yeah. yeah how would it be possible? What is wrong with Texas cops? But yeah. And these are the Texas Rangers, too. These are like the top cops. Like Nolan Ryan. And, uh, the, the, yeah, like Juan Rodriguez. The man. baseball players did that? <laughs> My God, they should have had the police do it. That's the problem with Texas. <laughs> so, uh, after Orange, so after Orange Sox, Henry disappeared officially for almost a year before surfacing again near the Brazos River in East Texas in March of 1981, where he is alleged to have abducted and killed a woman out of a phone booth. She was stabbed and cut. 12 times with two different knives in the lower back. The, the, the details in these cases are all fucking insane. You know, and then Henry Nottis killed a middle-aged woman in her mobile home in Odessa, Texas. Both Henry and the author thought it important to point out that it was the only murder Henry committed in a trailer. Oh, this guy is obsessed with the trailer. I... <laughs> Wrong with Both him. of them, but Henry was like, you know, I think that's the only murder we ever we ever did in a trailer. And interesting, the, and, Henry. And, interesting. Oh, yes, tell me yeah, more. And the author was like, and Henry said it was the only murder that they committed in a trailer. It was a semi-wide or a wide-wide? What kind of trailer is it? It's that? a double-wide. Double-wide. Oh, wow. Because normally Otis and I knew that. We're like, you know, trailers, safe zones. And if we're chasing somebody and they get up inside the trailer, leave them alone. Sanctuary. But right. I was just, you know, when the rape moves from the parking lot into the trailer, then it becomes a blurry thing, and then I'm in the middle of it, and then what am I going to do? And the next thing I know, you know, it's like she's dead, and then I have to apologize to a corpse. You think that's not embarrassing for me? 
Right. <laughs> it's tough. So the next month, with the kids along, Otis and Henry killed a convenience store clerk with a twenty-two pistol and then had sex with a dead body. Uh, said they did it for the pure thrill. Just yeah, cause. The ACDC yeah. thrill of it. There's well, a certain yeah. type of AC style thrill. Yeah, shoot to do. thrill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no other way. There, what what else would they have done it for? A college degree to to, to move <laughs> yeah. on to to become a congress for money or? for rob for to to rob them. And they also right. okay. they had a uh, they had a, a steady rule: no witnesses, no matter what, no witnesses. Right. Uh, yeah. And medical records from the next month put. Innerly Lucas in Houston, where he sold blood at the Alpha Blood Bank. Oh. So somebody got his blood inside of their body when <laughs> yeah. they were sick, when they went to the yeah. doctor? Yeah. I, that is so disturbing. Lucas said that during this time, he and Otis never stayed in one place for more than a few hours, but they never actually left the South. They claimed to have committed up to 15 murders during a single two-week rampage in 1981, mostly killing convenience store workers, and as Henry made sure to mm. tell them, definitely hammer this in, all white women. Why did he, uh, what was the big emphasis on that? Both him and the author both make sure to delineate that they are, that he, he was only mm. killing white women. He was so he's killing not them. a racist. I think he's that, not a racist. Or is he a racist? I think what does he, it make I think him? that means he is a racist. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, it definitely does. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I just don't understand how that would... What do you think the thought process is for him? He's like, well, I just killed white women, though, so you know one of those that you don't like, you know? So just pretend it was that one. Just no, just no, I didn't mix it around, at least. You know I mean? I can't be a one. I can't be a one thing. I had rules. <laughs> yeah, it makes it creepier. Yeah, and he also points out that Otis also killed, because Otis killed one, as the author points out, white young man that he picked up in a bar for refusing to have sex with him because the young man said that Otis was too dirty and he wouldn't have sex with him until he cleaned up. And Henry said that Otis... Beat the guy to death. Jesus Just Christ. clean up. You mentioned being so dirty you get beat to death. You know, that's why I shower every day. Because I never want to run that risk that someone thinks I'm too dirty to live. <laughs> no, no, no. No, Otis was too dirty to fuck. And the oh, guy, yeah. that's the problem. Just don't yeah. say no to Otis. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't yeah. say no to Otis. When but, a buck-toothed, wall-eyed dude with a scar on his forehead from having a nail puncture to right. his fucking dome tells you he wants to fuck you. You're locked in. <laughs> yeah, that deal's already been made. Your case is, you're, you're settled up. All he had to do was shower, though. Yeah, all he you had know, to do so was... The guy didn't even turn him down outright. He didn't want to. Oh, my goodness. Well, apparently... You know what? The more this story goes on, the more I don't think they're very nice people. <laughs> no, I think they're pretty insensitive. <laughs> because you can't... Oh, you know, just because I asked you for sex means I owe you sex? Right. That's not how that goes. Think about it. If Twitter was around, he could have learned a thing or two. <laughs> the blogosphere would have had a thing to say about Otis Tool. And you know what Otis Tool would have done to the blogosphere? Raped and killed it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. When they asked what the motivation behind this whole spree was, Henry just said, no reason. No, it's drifted. Yeah, just, just drifted. drifted. And he said all that mattered was the thrill. No reason at all. So by late 1981, someone finally noticed that this 
10-year-old and 11-year-old were hanging out an awful lot with their drifter uncle and his one-eyed companion. You know, I just feel like more than 15 minutes is an awful lot. Yeah, (laughs) any amount of time. So Becky got remanded to a juvenile detention unit, and Henry had grown quite fond of her at this point. And we were literally, Becky was the love of his life. Yes. Henry talks about Becky later on down the line. That's That's the murder he says that he regrets the most. That and his mother, he is, he wells up talking about Becky, this mm. fucking 14 year old girl that he was just married to, drifter married to yeah, on the right. road. And it's just, um, just not cool. Yeah. Drifter yeah. married to, and also married in the eyes of the, uh, weird Christians that they ended up, mm. uh, living with later on that we'll cover, uh, in the next episode. They were totally fine with this, uh, 35 year old one eyed drifter, uh, living with this 14 year old child brother. And of course, a drifter marriage is always sealed by one going into an outhouse, taking a big steamy, and the other person going in afterwards and dumping on top of it. <laughs> yes. yes. And you are no drifter. I now pronounce you white trash, drifter married. <laughs> so Becky's in the juvenile detention unit. And as the story goes, Henry and Otis parked in front of the unit, walked in, found Becky walked back out again, and were well on their way to California before anyone noticed she was gone. And Frank, the other kid that Mm. was along with them on most of that huge spree, they offered to take Frank along, but Frank said, Nah. Nah. You didn't want to go? Oh, you didn't want to go? I'm out. He said he had enough. And strangely enough, Frank Powell kind of faded into history. The last statement that I found from Frank Powell, and I looked, man, was in the late 80s when he told law enforcement officials that they did indeed. Becky and Frank did witness murders and might even know where some of the bodies were buried. Nothing after that. I've heard nothing else. You would think a, a guy who I was mean, along. Well, if you want to then talk about feeding into the hand of death of fucking mythos of that shit, is that Henry Lee Lucas said this, and we we're going to play a bunch of confession tapes between the next episode between Henry Lee Lucas talking to Otis Tool, and basically he's just saying, like, now that it's public, now that we know and people know what we do, our association, it's all out there. We're done. We can't walk these streets no more. And they talk about how the hand of death has got its hand all over the fucking government. uh, And they basically maybe they got shut up. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure if this went that high. I'm not saying it's real, but I'm saying if it was real, there's a lot of infrastructure and I'm sure there's a points plan. Yeah. And I don't know what the points plan even means, but I know that there's a points plan. Right. Like a Nutrisystem. And I'm not saying that Lee Harvey Oswald was a part of the hand of death and he was only shot by Jack Ruby, who was also part of the hand of death because Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't able to get away. And Henry Lee Lucas was hired to kill Jimmy Carter. And he said that he had plenty of opportunities to kill Jimmy Carter, but he didn't because yeah. he couldn't get away. I'm we not never saying said that. that. We never said that once. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy Carter would be, that's the saddest guy to kill. <laughs> why? Why are you doing this to me? I'm just a peanut farmer. Why would you do that to me? What are you doing? Why are you stabbing me? What? What is happening? So... Six days after they sprung Becky, that's when they murdered the girl that they took out Henry Lee Lucas to find when my dad ran into him. Uh, that woman, Henry claimed that uh, Otis, or actually Otis claimed that him and Lucas cut that person's head off, chopping her neck into three separate pieces before finally severing her head from her body. They took the body with them up to Plainview, which is north of Lubbock, where they dumped her body off a county road. They kept her head all the way till Scottsdale, Arizona. Which is a 
day and a half drive at least where yeah. they tossed her head out into the desert where Henry said he assumed it would blend into the landscape. I mean, definitely. Nothing fits next to a bunch of cactuses like a severed head. Yeah, totally. Because <laughs> I mean, the whole time, you know, for day and a half, they were just playing the magic eight ball game with them, just asking the questions, <laughs> going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe so. Ask again later. And then they just remember, yeah. <laughs> Hoping it starts talking like that movie, The Doom Generation. Remember that movie? I don't remember yes, that. movie. Okay, move on. Okay. Also, remember, just also know for a fact, if you don't know if somebody's a drifter, that's a drifter laugh. All oh, right, definitely. if you ever hear the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a drifter laugh. Also a mule farmer, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the difference between mules and babies. I don't know the difference between mules and ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I've had this mule farmer for too long. You know what I'm saying? Come on, give the kiff. Give, give, give old Randy the mule farmer <laughs> Randy, the smartest mule farmer in the country. <laughs> you should be my brother. He's real dumb. <laughs> That's the sad thing. These people did outsmart people. Yeah, like Henry and Otis actually did. Yeah. Technically, yes, they did outsmart people, but right. it was the simplest thing that they did. Their outsmarting was just driving. You're like right. the, their whole outsmarting that, like that was their whole tactic was commit a crime. And drive and cross That's state lines. A successful life is the best revenge. <laughs> That's right. So Otis, ready to return to Jacksonville for whatever reason, uh, he left Henry and Becky while they pushed on to California, and that would be the last time that Otis would see his niece Becky alive. Well, according to this book, the reason why they did it is that finally, like, it, they, they broke up. And Otis really got what apparently is that Otis would get insanely jealous watching Henry Lee Lucas rape all these women. Yes. Because he would literally just be like, I want you to be on me. I don't why why fuck these women when you got a perfectly good six with three gay drifter murderer here yeah. to have sex with, you know? Um, but you know, it's it's hard out there. Relationships are hard to keep That's together. the point. That's and the you point. have to be on the same path. Right. Absolutely. In That's- fact, I, I want to read uh, a text message that I sent Henry uh, that was from the Otis tool, that was from the Hand of Death, uh, okay. that talking about their relationship. Henry pulled his hand away from Otis and said, I like you now, as I did my brother before he died, but I don't think I'll ever think of you any other way. We'll see, Otis purred with a thin smile. <laughs> you may change your mind after you've tasted the delights of Satan. <laughs> That's the delights of Satan. Satan, yeah. Satan. <laughs> yeah, and that's where we're going to go in the next episode. Next yeah. episode, episode three, The Hand of Death. That's right. I'm starting up a new chocolate company called The Delights of Satan. You can pre-order <laughs> now. It's mostly just a bunch of maggots covered in slime. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next episode, man. This is when the next episode is when shit's going to get fucking wacky we're but yep. we're also gonna get we're gonna get into where henry lee and uh, becky went after they yeah. split off from otis we're gonna talk about their time in a chicken coop their time living behind an antique store in california and we're gonna talk about eventually henry lee lucas's confessions right but we also have to cover the rituals the locations and the purpose behind the Hand of Death. We got a lot to get to. I just want to clarify. I'm going to do a little bit of a prequel, preview, preview here of what we're going to be going through tomorrow. Ambe ixke hoa seko. Ambe ixke hoa seko. Ambe ixke hoa seko. Which is apparently their fun little thing that yes. they would chant. 
<laughs> just clarify these are monsters. No one should be a drifter. Well, yeah, don't be a drifter. Yeah, yes. don't don't be a drifter. Yes, that's yes. what they would chant while they were sacrificing the children that Henry Lee Lucas and right. Otis Tool were kidnapping from across around the country. Oh, I know right. you may be sitting in an office right now and like depressed and long for the life of the open road. Just no, do not. <laughs> this is what you have to do to be a drifter officially, because otherwise the other drifters will push you out. That's yeah. right. You got to be six three. You got to get a dress, and you got to go down to that Chevy store and get yourself a new Malibu. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be perfect. All right, a bunch of maniacs. So we'll wrap it up in the next episode. I'm excited to hear uh, some more of your research, Mr. Parks. Oh, absolutely, man. There's a lot of shit coming. Uh, Don't forget, on July 25th, we've got a live show here at the Creek in the Cave. It's 1093 Jackson Avenue. Uh, We're doing it at 10 p.m. Don't forget to go and order your last podcast on the left t-shirt at cavecomedyradio.com slash podcast. On the left, uh, we just ordered our uh, the heart design, the wonderful heart design that Yayoi yeah. made for us. Uh, we just ordered those yesterday, so if you order them, you'll have them within like two weeks or so. And if you haven't gotten yours yet, be sure to go and order that one or our wonderful classic logo T-shirt. Follow yeah. us on Twitter at LP on the left. At Ben Kissel, at Henry Loves You, at Marcus Parks. Right. Um, watch your pretty faces go into hell 12 15s on twelve fifteen on Sundays for the next right. 13 weeks. Um, I'm so fucking proud of what we've made so far. Please check it out. The first episode legitimately was the weakest episode that we shot. The everything, if you like that, just know that there's there's so much more. We we, we blew out the season. I it can't fucking a, wait for people to see it. It was a great first episode. And let me clarify, 12.15 a.m. Yeah. Because it's technically the morning. <laughs> yes. It's after. Um, all right. And uh, Henry, let's just do a quick update. How you doing, buddy? How's the filming going and everything? The filming's going a lot of good. It's so much fucking fun. It's, yeah. it's been a lot of fun. Um, check out. There's also a prequel that we shot that's all me, which is kind of crazy, uh, on the Heroes app, which is awesome. annoying. But check it out. Um, and it's. I've been a shitstorm literally in my body. Um, has been good. going on for the last couple of days. Comic-Con was insane. Yeah, uh, uh, we got a couple of thank you. Uh, who was it that was at HorrorCon who took some pictures with Bill Mosley? Yeah, and uh, with our wearing our shirt, which is absolutely awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for that. Also, almost got stopped by uh, when I came in. They went through my wallet and saw a bunch of defaced one dollar bills in it when I was coming back from uh, through from San Diego to Toronto, and I was almost arrested. So it is a crime. <laughs> it, oh, it, it is, is a crime. crime. It is a crime. It is. Oh, yes. wow. That's funny. That's yeah, great. <laughs> oh, and uh, one more thing. Uh, the Cowman album is uh, on iTunes now. So if the whole Bandcamp thing wasn't quite your style, you can go to iTunes, search the Cowman, and uh, you can find our, our album. And we're going to be playing another song at the end of the show today. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for supporting all the shows that Marcus and I do together on Cave Comedy Radio. Um, and uh, I guess I'm going to do a Magustalation. I'm going to do a Halloween. Yep, and Hail Satan. He would never do the things that they say he did. He would never hire Henry Lee Lucas. He's too gross. No, he just, but Henry Lee Lucas just showed up and Satan's like, all right, go kill for me then. He just gave him the most mundane of all the just, tests. Just get out of here. You farm yeah. with the tools you have. That's a good point. <laughs> yep, you dance with the one that brought you. And sometimes that tool is named Otis. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. Hail yourselves. Hail me if you want to know. Yes, hail. Here's the comment. We're the Cowman and we play country music. Two, three, four. Going on to Russia town. We have to hang a boy there. Here is.
is incarcerated for trying to make love to the moon. You can't make love to the moon. Cancer is a good thing there. Boys and girls drop dead in the streets. Come, let's go to that parade for them. After we hang that boy. Russia. Russia! No,